0: friends this is the be real Bay podcast a place where your average canadian wolf pack come together to talk about life stresses messes and successes a safe space where being yourself is the ultimate goal each week we will bring you new episodes sharing our experiences on a ton of different topics in hopes we get a better understanding of ourselves each other and this crazy world we live in we want to build a community where we can show up as ourselves be real and lay it all out there By sharing our experiences, we hope to reach others who can relate so we can all help each other learn, grow, and heal. But please keep in mind, as a disclaimer, none of us here are professionals, no one is giving any advice, we are strictly speaking of our life experiences and for entertainment purposes only. Now with that being said, it's time, so grab your drink, grab your joint, and let's jump right in. Hey guys, Editing Brandy here. Before we jump into the show, I just want to apologize in advance. Some of the connections is making us answer, making it sound like we're jumping over each other in our answers, but it's just the connections. Thank you for bearing with us while we work through it. We're going to be trying different platforms. We're trying new audio, so we are working at it. I just want to thank you again for being patient while we work through this. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Be Real Babe podcast. I am your host Brandy and here today we are on episode eight and we are talking about depression again. But again, as you guys are getting used to, we have our panel of peers here to tell you how they're dealing with depression, how they've dealt with it and kind of where they are now. This episode is going to be a little bit different though Due to our crazy schedules, me and Kayla aren't able to be together, but you're going to hear us both in and out of all these interviews today. And so we hope that you'll bear with us through our crazy schedules. And first and foremost, though, we have a returning guest, our first returning guest. Her name is Courtney. If you haven't heard her episode, we highly recommend you going back to episode six. Give it a listen. But without further ado, I'll introduce to you guys, Courtney. Hey, Court, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you? I'm really
0: good. Thank you so much for immediately jumping in last minute to come back into this one. Uh, I really appreciate it. And it was kind of funny. And you know, the reason why I asked you is because you had made the post saying that you have anxiety, depression, you know, just shouting out to the episode. And I was like, Well, why wouldn't I ask her to do the depression one? She did so good with the anxiety one. So let's let's just go ahead and do this again the following week.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for having me back again. It was good. It's actually uh liberating to kind of talk about it and it kind of frees you a little bit so totally I'm happy
2: to do it yeah
0: and too and like um you can say that you've been feeling the ripple effect even after just a couple days I mean your guys's episodes already gone really fast I think we've got over like 30 or 40 views on your guys's episodes since I think we released it Friday so that's that's really great So a lot of people want to tune in to hear what you guys have to say and I think it was so relatable everyone's story just kind of connected and yeah, I, um, and then you were getting messages from people in your life talking to you about anxiety that you, you know, so it opened up the discussion and that was kind of what we wanted the the whole show to do. So it was really cool to see that in effect.
1: And it was, and it didn't even like dawn to me that it would happen like that. And it was just nice. And it made me feel helpful that I, you know, received a message saying like, thank you for sharing what you've gone through. Um, you know, and this is our story. So it was, it was nice to see like, that I am not alone. Mm, Totally. You know,
0: and that, and that by just, by just owning your own story and healing yourself, you're helping other people either spark the conversation, spark the thought in their mind, become more aware in their own life, all of that jazz. And it's just kind of, You kind of get like, oh, I get goosebumps. Me and Kayla always get goosebumps about it because the idea was to connect people and open conversations, and it's doing it already in just a couple weeks. And so it was just really moving and like we definitely went through our phases where we're like, what are we doing? And then those messages from you guys, it just kind of like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, this is what we're doing.
1: (laughs) And isn't even if you spark, you know, one or two conversations, that's a start. Totally, you don't have to spark ten or fifteen or even like twenty. One or two, that just opens the door. And then it'll keep going totally, you know,
0: and then you find more people that are either suffering the same or close to and then you just get more connection. And then, like you said, it's kind of liberating. It's like almost the one of the last steps of fully accepting your story and who you are is putting it out there and like kind of giving zero fucks about who what the judgment's going to be because it's yours. And that's, I think, such a liberating feeling and putting it out there at first. It's terrifying, of course. But then after you're like, wow, nothing happened. I didn't die. Okay, thanks, anxiety, again, and we proved you wrong. And cool, let's keep doing this.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And I was, I was a little scared just because I haven't done anything like this before. And then I'm like, whatever, it's out there. Fuck it, whatever people got to say, they got to say. They're gonna say it anyway. Yeah. So who cares? Yeah. And,
0: and then at, at the end of the day, just to hear all the um, help that it's done, or how people have felt liberated through it, like that's that's what matters. And and it's okay if you know if if not everyone loves it like you know we've obviously had comments and if you're listening we know that you listen just kidding um you know it do- you don't have to listen that's what i love about podcasts it's like it's not ever you always have like you listen to the ones that mean something to you and we just are so grateful that people are telling us this is meaning something to them and that you know because we notice by just talking about stuff and being open with each other like to the bone we were like, wow, that was really freeing. and It was like a little little bit more weight came off your shoulder and then a little bit more and a little bit more. And we're like, hmm, I wonder how good it would feel if we just like put it out there and seen what people did with it. And all of a sudden it's been great.
1: And I think that's everyone's problem. They're just scared of what others think. And then if someone goes first, it's so much easier to be like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to tell you my story and-
0: and that's it, and it, it is, it. and it's real, and it's facts, and it's, I and me and Kay said we'll be fine to pioneer through this. Like we're both ready to, you know, we've done a lot of self discovery as you have in the last couple of years, and we're really ready to like take that to the next level by exposing it, and really, you know, by doing that, you kind of can't hide from it, right? You're gonna expose a lot about yourself. You're gonna figure it out, <laughs> even when you don't mean to. You'll be in the conversation You're like, oh, I just learned that about myself. Like, I mean, obviously we edited; it. It's not live, but nonetheless, I'm trying not to edit it. So (laughs) you're like, okay, yeah, people are going to know that. Good thing. My mom knows everything about me
1: for the most part. Sorry, Lisa. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she knows everything, but it is like, even in this past week since the other podcast, even with our text conversation, I said to you, like, this is how I feel like about even something someone else said to me. Um, And it makes you so much more aware of other things that are happening Um, and it gets you looking deeper into yourself and trying to find more ways to grow and learn. And you're always wanting kind of more from that, like the more gratitude and satisfaction Mm -hmm. from knowing you help somebody kind of gets addicting a little bit because you're like you know what? I I love it. I, I want more. I want to grow more so I can help somebody else. Yes.
0: And you're like, how can I learn more and be more vulnerable and put it all out there and be raw and just like fix it. And while I'm fixing it, I'm helping other people, like you said, spark a conversation, think about it, be more aware of, Oh, Hey, maybe, yeah, no, maybe I don't have depression, but you know, maybe on the days where I do feel really low, I will incorporate what, you know, Courtney had to say when she's going through something that, you know, is depressed or through her depression times, you know, and then that's just going to help that person, whether they have depression or not, even through a hard time, you know, even with anxiety, you don't have to have anxiety to have a moment that where you're anxious, where those, you know, those things that you do, the tools, the things that you say aren't going to be helpful. Right. So I think that's my favorite part is that big or small, your story is going to help somebody either in a big way, little way, like, or even just yourself, even that sounds maybe selfish, but isn't that like, that's the whole point.
1: Oh, no, I totally agree with that. Even if you help yourself, you're helping somebody else because you're fixing mm-hmm. you. And then that helps when you're dealing with other situations, whether it's in the public or at totally, home.
0: Totally. So then we'll lead into the questions then. Um, Courtney, have you ever been diagnosed with depression?
1: Yes, I have. Uh, back in 2011, 2012, um, I suffered like I was in a bad situation, and I just, someone close to me said, hey, you know what, you are looking a little depressed. Um, And I didn't want to see it, but I'm like, okay, you know what, maybe I am. So I did um, go to my doctor, and he kind of, you have to fill out this sheet. Um, And he's like, no, he's like, you are suffering from depression. I'm going to put you on some medication. And that was pretty much it. I just needed someone else to kind of push me a little bit too to realize that it was depression and it wasn't like, it was serious. It wasn't, you know, something that I should be hiding oh, from. For sure.
0: And I've heard the other girls kind of say that there's just kind of a moment when you're in it and you're just kind of like, you just think that's what life is. Like, this is, this is just how I am. This is just my life. Like nothing's going to change from this. This is always how I'm going to be until someone's like, no, like you could get help for this. Or, you know, you could maybe, you know, just talk to someone and see if they can help because you don't have to continually live like this, but you just think inside your brain, you, sometimes you don't know anything else or you convince yourself. Maybe I know. like if I've said, I don't suffer with depression, but I've had bouts where it's just like, sometimes you kind of convince yourself or like a shit situation that it's okay. Cause it's terrifying to think otherwise, you know?
1: And, and it is. And that's part of my depression. And that's kind of where it stemmed Is you get so far in your head and you kind of like dig yourself into this deep, deep hole that it's hard to kind of see any light around you and you have to try to get back out of that, but you don't know how. So sometimes you need someone to say, Hey, you really need to go see a doctor um, because you need help.
0: And and like I was saying in the last episode with Aaron, like, when did it become societally not okay to ask for help? Like at human nature, we need to be a team. Like as mammals, we, like, we need each other to procreate to all this. And when was it, not saying this to you but like I just blows my mind like when did it become was is a generation thing is it a time in your life where it was just like so fucking hard to ha- ask for help because we know we know it's helpful and it's good but like is it like our egos are just so goddamn loud just like shut the fuck up and like ask for help like oh it pisses I get so mad at myself I'm like you know if you would have just asked for help like 15 minutes ago you would have been like so much further ahead right now or
1: whatever <laughs> like fuck I know but that goes into as well like when did it Become not okay to have feelings. That too. Yep. Right. Like you shouldn't have those feelings. Yep. Why? Why can't I be? Why can't I be angry? Why can't I be sad? Why can't totally. I cry? Like it's they're
0: they're signals. They're they're telling. And you they your are. Your body's telling you something. Your emotions are telling you something. So you know, like I, I believe that we shouldn't get hooked up on them because I've done that. Well, like you could do whatever the fuck you want, but like for me. I've gotten hooked up on emotions and feelings for far too long on, like, why? Instead of just being like, okay, what is this trying to tell me? Instead of just being like, oh, maybe that person doesn't like me. It's like, well, why do you care about that, you know?
1: And that's true. And, I mean, I think that comes with different stages of your life as well, where you'll be like, you really care what someone thinks. And then you'll get to another stage and you're like, you know what? I actually don't really give a fuck what you think. I'm going to do me. You do you. And...
0: I think that comes with confidence in in whatever fields too. Right. Like, like at work where you're just like so nervous when you first start. And then it's like, you know, you get to that six months to a year where you're like, you know, you're more confident. You're not as like scared of everything. (laughs) It's same thing in new relationships. You know, you try to be like, you know, cute and like, try not to like pick your, well, I mean, I pick my nose all the time, but you know, like try not to show your disgusting behaviors and then you move in and it's like, (laughs) there's different, uh, like you said, different stages of your life and different stages in in relationships or in any type work or friendships, you know, where you don't turn on the full crazy right off the bat. Just kidding. I did. I don't know
1: how Grant's <laughs> still here. <laughs> you should be able yes, to for sure. like take me for yeah, what I am and at my messes. If you don't like it yeah, too bad, you Can't
0: handle me at my hot mess all over the place. Like I think uh, the first time he realized I was a huge hot mess is when we first moved in together. And, um, I don't eat. Yeah. And our friendship, I don't think you've ever seen me cook, but I am a mess. I am a huge mess. And I made waffles and it was just fucking everywhere. And I'm just like, look, this is just who I am. (laughs) This is, this is, I'm (laughs) clumsy. I break stuff. I don't close lids. I to keep lights on. Like I'm a hot mess all the time. Like it's just who I am.
1: (laughs) I mean, we all are. I am too half the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But hiding from it, I mean, hiding from it makes it harder. You just got to like lean the fuck in sometimes, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, so then, um, Kurt, could you elaborate maybe a little bit more on what type of, um, depression that you suffered with? Uh, they're listing here is there's forms such as major depression, chronic depression, postpartum. Is that one of yours or do you, um, have a, a special, special form of it?
1: No, I, uh, started off with just major depression, just It was after I lost a job. I kind of just got down. And then I kind of started my medication and it was going pretty good. And then when I got pregnant, even though my doctor said it was okay to still take them, I didn't. So then when I gave birth, I just went into the postpartum like immediately. I mean, it didn't help either that my kid was nocturnal and another hour and never slept and um, just all hours of the night. So I didn't yeah. sleep. Um, that was probably my worst was the postpartum. I would cry. I couldn't sleep. So I would constantly cry. I couldn't shower by myself. Um, like I couldn't wash my hair by myself. It was, it was yeah. really bad. And then for the most part now, like I'm just, sometimes it's like menopausal is like when you're going right into your menstrual cycle, it's, I know it's coming cause I get down mm-hmm. in those days. Um, and then seasonal, I mean, we live in the North. Sure. So, I mean, you have month or winter for almost yeah. eight months. So you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm getting really depressed now. Like there's no sun, there's no, you know, it's cold all the time and you can't get outside half the time. So it's mine kind of just varies kind of depending when it totally. is and the time of year. But I, I try really hard to be more aware of when it's coming on or I know that it's going to hit.
0: And it's like, not like once the postpartum went, uh, obviously over time, that one probably wasn't as frontal. It was more like you went back into your normal, not normal, but you know what I'm saying? Like the one that you're more common with it, the, after the pregnancy and, Um, once you got through that, it just kind of went back to your normal stuff before, would you say? Or was it like the postpartum lasted like a really long time?
1: Uh, No, I'd say the postpartum lasted for probably a couple Mm -hmm. months or so. And then I got back on my medication and I got it back under control. And then it just, it went back to kind of what it was um, before baby. Um, Just certain times or certain situations that would cause it to spike kind of come out more yeah kind of spike and um depending on how I was feeling about myself in that time and you
0: were and like now you're so much more aware and you're I think for you you're looking at it more of like as a critical thinking you know I would say like with anxiety too it's kind of like once you once you get addicted to that like growth and positivity and like really digging in and really unpacking your own shit you're like ooh, how can I fix this now? Oh, ooh, that triggered that. Oh, hmm. And it's like, it almost, it's not that it's not going to affect you at at ever, but it's almost like it affects you almost a little bit less when you can think of it as more of like um, factual instead of like emotionally driven, if that makes sense.
1: And it does make sense. And what a lot of people don't even realize too is that both, like when you have both anxiety and depression, they both like- play yeah, against each yeah, other like Halo was saying. right so you, like yeah, you're sorry, oh I, like you're constantly having a battle in your yeah. own head yeah. like with yourself so it 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 makes it even 10 times worse and you get into that groove again where you can't sometimes get out of it because you're having a battle by yourself like it's nobody else it's well, it's, it's like you a- So even knowing that
0: it's like a ping pong table, you've got anxiety on one side and depression on the other, and you're the ball and your head's just bouncing back and forth. And Kayla had just made a post with her because she's the same way she deals with both um, equally at the same, I would say as you. And she said, you know, sometimes they work together harmoniously, but most of the times they're fighting each other, fighting for who's kind of like the most important. And it's just like, whoa, I'm the most important Stop.
1: And that's exactly what it is because you're like, well, which one, which one's feeding it more? Is it my anxiety that's feeding it? Like feeding how I'm feeling more? Or is it my depression that's feeding it more? And it's hard to even know. So you have to kind of find a way to step back a little bit and be like, okay, this is causing my anxiety, but this is causing my depression. What can be eliminated so I can kind of figure out where to go and which one to kind of tackle first something
0: that's like it's working me up to get depressed or am i depressed and now i'm being anxious because of my depression and then kind of maybe identifying which one is taking precedent or whatever and i think it's like everything it's like once you can call it out and put a name to it and like kind of you can fight it a little bit more or unpack it a little bit more or be more aware so that the next time it comes up you can be like oh and, like, you you journal a lot, obviously, when you feel good or, like, not feeling good, like, to, as a stressor. And so, like, you know, being like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm noticing a pattern that, you know, every time around the 15th of the month, I'm really starting to freak out. And then you look at your, like, period thing and you're like, oh, well, yeah, makes sense. And, you know, then you can be like, oh, wow, I'm – it's, you know, it's – because in our all of our heads, we always think that we're crazy, no matter whether we have mental illnesses or not. Women and everyone just think that they're – I think for the most part, most people – think they're crazy. So when you can kind of like identify that being like, Oh, my body is flying with hormones right now. This makes a little bit more sense. And it's like, I feel like I could kind of attack it a little bit more common sense, not just like, fuck, I'm out of control.
1: And that's kind of how I am. And I did start like a, a journal kind of like on just a Google doc. And I shared it with Pete, because I said, like, when I'm in certain places, and I have different feelings, It's not easy to kind of communicate those right at the moment to your spouse or even to a friend of like how you're feeling or why they think you're yelling or why you're crying. So I kind of, when I feel that way, I get on and I kind of just start journaling. It could be like all over the place with my thoughts, but then he can get on and he can read and be like, okay, I kind of, that kind of makes sense. Or, you know, what did you mean by this? And then I can kind of go back and reflect on it too and be like, okay, I meant this not how kind of you perceived it
0: and it's kind Um, of getting it out of your head because it's so kind of jumbled and then getting it out and then you can read it to yourself and try to understand yourself as well and then that helps him like help you identify things and kind of help him get him holy crap for him to see how (laughs) your thought patterns go right and that's I think having that sort of communication with your spouse is so fucking huge because you know a lot of us will just make up something hypothetical because we don't know answers and we're not communicating that. Or we like, how many times have things happened in your life where something's happened or you got in a fight and you turned around and that person said something, you're like, what, I had no fucking idea. If you would have told me that, that would have just evaded all of this. Like, and I think that happens more often than not. So have that communication and show like, hey, this is, it's not you. It's just my brain pattern, right? And here, show you, but if you didn't explain that, you'd be like, what the fuck? What, why am I the problem?
1: And, and it is, and even like just getting them to realize it's not you, I'm taking it out on yeah. you. It's not you. It's something that triggered, but it brought up, you know, either past relationships or past friendships that, you know, this is same thing happened and it causes, um, yeah. And then you get in your head and you're like, well, I didn't mean to take it out on you. And then the more you dig yourself in again, the more depressed you get and it's harder to get out. So that's why I have to put it down in a journal and writing somewhere so that I know, like, so he knows even that it's not him. It's where I was in that moment. And then we can talk about it when I'm a little more rational. And it's just communicating to
0: each other how each other operates. And that's, that's how you advance. So how does that, um, how does it affect your life day to day now, now that you're, you know, past your postpartum babies are no more babies. (laughs) I feel so old. Um, No longer babies. You're far more aware of everything. Like, you know, you've definitely are super aware, even from like the last year or two, like every time I talk, I feel you're like evolving. How does this affect your day to day life now with work, school and your relationships?
1: I mean, every day okay. is so different. The more, like, just right now, like, with the end of the semester coming, the more stress I have on me, the more my anxiety kind of comes up. And then that feeds my depression. Um, and then with my spouse doing camp work as well, like, it, you get into that place, too, where, you know, you don't, you, you make things up where you of what you totally. can't see, I guess. Um, things that could happen or, you know, like... This person said, well, when my spouse was there, this happened or whatever. And, you know, other people feed into it. Cool. Um, (laughs) It is. (laughs) I definitely am trying to be more aware of what people say and how I react now. I I just try to take it one day at a time so that it doesn't affect any part of my life. Mm -hmm. If I know something is really bothering me and, like, if Pete's not home and it has to do with him, I'll try to either talk to him about it later but I try not to like take it Mm -hmm. to work with me or definitely take it like when I'm dealing with the kids sometimes you can't avoid it but just being aware and kind of keeping it hidden a little bit sometimes just because you I don't want it to affect my daily life and sometimes it obviously will but for me I definitely I'm trying to be more aware, but I will still hide it at times just to kind of get through my day appropriate time Um, for you that
0: you feel like you're in a safe and constructive environment to talk about it. Sometimes even yourself, you're like, yeah, this is not good. But if I talk about right now, I'm probably not going to show up like I want to show up. I'm probably going to show up as like, maybe I don't know for you, but for me, I know I'm going to show up more emotionally challenged and probably ruder than I really want to. And I'm not able to communicate properly. And know this is just going to be a hot mess. So I'm just going to take a time.
1: Yeah, and you you do, you have to find a time to say, like, even with me and Pete, he's like, okay, we need to take a break. We need to pause this. Let's both calm down and then come back and discuss it because it's, you get heated and the more you get in and the more heated it is, the more it just feeds everything else. So even being aware of that for me, I never really, I guess I am a people pleaser in some sense, but sometimes I don't remember that somebody else there. has yes. feelings too um so then i'm trying to tell you how i feel but i forget that it also like they're going to have a feeling about totally. it if it's about them so just trying to remember okay wait it is affecting this person too mm-hmm. take a step back let them process and then kind of yeah and it's having that
0: accountability it. that like okay i might be mad but maybe their reaction is something that i did so, you know, I think for me, it's like how, how I approach, approach situations instead of like point a finger. It's kind of like, you know, I kind of am feeling this way, um, you know, or you reacted this way. Can I ask why instead of just accusing, because what I usually find, it's like, that's a reaction from something I did. And then I get all mad and I'm like, ah, fuck, I was actually the root cause of this to begin with, or like did I open up a safe space for someone to come and talk to me about this said hard topic? No, I didn't. I made it very firm. I didn't want to talk about this. So then I can't be mad that they didn't come and talk to me about this, you know?
1: (laughs) And you do, and you have to have boundaries because like even now with all the texting and everything like that, um, when your spouse Mm -hmm. is away, even you can't, you can't have emotions from a text message. I constantly forget to, turn off my cap socks and he's like why are you yelling and i'm like i'm yeah. not yelling i just forgot to turn it off but you can't and then you miss and like he misreads it yeah. or all misread it, sense. or even when you're having a conversation right it's not i'm like i'm not <laughs> being sarcastic he's like well it read that way and i'm like i wasn't wow. i promise but like it's and then that even that i hate texting for that
0: part it's like I just don't know how to convey it's like how many smiley faces and exclamation marks do I have to put to make sure that this sounds nice how many monkey faces
1: I know even for me this time because it has been different I've had him home for so much I was feeling myself getting um just more depressed with him being away and everything falling more on me so I said to him like I know that you don't like talking on the phone every night but Mm-hmm. even if it's for 10 minutes just so i can hear your voice we can talk about anything yeah. that we really need to like a team meeting um, <laughs> so that yeah so that you can hear my um you can hear my yeah. expression and what the emotion that comes with it because sometimes you can't. And when we did have a conversation, um, he's like, Oh, I never really got that from your text. I'm like, see, you can't hear emotion in a text message. Yeah, and if message, that's what you live not
0: the whole time and you're a whole week it just text message. And let's say you like you almost forget how like that you're in a happy really, like it just seems so like business.
1: It does. And it's like it I think it takes the emotion even out of your relationship, whether it's friendships or, um, you know, a spousal relationship, even with your kids. I hate when my kids totally. text me, um, because I'm like, I'm <laughs> in the next room. Just like, walk over. Like, it's just so important. I know it's so impersonal. They'll have like four of them on a couch and just text back and forth. And I'm like, this is what's wrong. You no more. You don't know how to communicate. So yeah. I know it's, it's crazy, but it, it does and it, it feeds like for me, I learning my love language was probably one of the best things I did too, because we all have different ones and mine, I am a very, like a physical person and I like words of affirmation, but I like to hear them. I don't like just, um, getting them like at a text message or, um, I I like to hear them with your voice. So for me, I I said to him, like, I like physical touch where he's not a person. So I'm like, even just having a kiss a day, if we didn't get that, that would feed into my depression. Yep. Cause I'm like, okay, well, what's he's wrong loved. with me? What's yep. um, and, and it does. So like, even just looking back and be like, okay, that's not his love language. Let's step back. It's not you. Like it's even just learning those things um, every day, just to kind of, you have to figure out you But you also have to figure out everybody else, too, because everybody is so different. And then you
0: understand at that point that, okay, this whole time, it's not that they don't love me and there's something wrong with me. It's just that they love in a different way. And I just once I understand that, like we're the same grants, the same as you. He's more physical touch where I'm 100 percent words of affirmation where it's like so then I have to remember, you know, like make sure that I'm loving him in the way that he want that he receives it. It's not that I don't love hugs and kisses. It's just like for me, it's like words. I'm just such a word. Horror. so you know like and then once you learn that about each other then it makes it really easy to see okay when he's grabbing my leg all the time it's not just like you know he's like you know always wanting to I mean yeah but you know that's just him loving me where it's yeah. like for me it's like oh well and then if he doesn't say those words I'm like oh well he doesn't love me because he's not sending me memes or tagging me or you know using all these words and it's like, no, that's not it. Like that's his way of loving you. And I, and I'm the, I am think that was the same thing that helped my anxiety a lot is just like calling that out right away. And then learning that because that's something I did not have in my marriage. And I think that was a really big um, mistake on my part is understanding that I was being loved, just not in the way that I receive it. And I was loving, but it wasn't being received because it wasn't in the way that person received it. And I agree. It's a huge, I think, thing if you're in a relationship to help with your mental health is really understanding each other's love language I totally agree with that
1: and like coming up with a compromise like of how much yep. is too much because I am I mean every part of the day like I I would if if I can get love Bye. I'll <laughs> I'll get it but then I, I know he hates it. So I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. how yeah. much And, is and knowing much? that
0: that's not like so. a reflection of you or the love that he has more just like respecting his boundaries, right?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, even with him being away, it's helped me grow even more as hard as it is. And as hard as it's been on me mentally and physically, it's helped me grow and see, okay, you know what? we needed a little break so we could kind of revamp and understand each other a little bit more so that we can kind of move forward in a different way. Oh, for sure. And and
0: I love that for you guys. And that's all Um, growth. It's like changing growth. Oh, there's change in our life. Let's grow to here because this isn't working or it's not the same situation anymore. So now, you know, I'm working, you're in school and this and that, the kids are this old, so let's change to this instead of just like keep trying to do the same thing that doesn't work, like always constantly evolving and not being afraid to grow and be honest and say, you know, this isn't working. And I I think that's that's the whole point of a marriage, to be honest with you.
1: (laughs) I I think so too. And I, because I mean, there is no handbook, there's no right and wrong. You have to, I think it's harder to fight for a marriage Totally. than it is to just let it go because I mean it, it takes a lot of work it's like having another like child almost because you're trying to raise it and grow it and um sure. build it something up worth- to be something so it's totally
0: no I say something you know worth oh, it, go ahead. Just <laughs> like and like you said it's just like a, a child it starts really young and then it grows over time and there's roadblocks and road bumps you have to Go through and it's not you know it, it's easy to it's it's easy and it's hard you know people are like oh it shouldn't be hard but it's like it no it is because it's two completely different people raised completely differently with different thoughts coming together and having a life together and there's gonna be ins and outs but i think communication and honesty is is you know super important and i think the the saddest thing is that if you didn't have that you couldn't communicate that you're probably suffering from some of these mental illnesses and, and that meanwhile, this whole time, this, your spouse is thinking it's them or, you know what I mean? So having that open dialogue to be like, Hey, I'm depressed. This isn't you. Meanwhile, you're thinking, oh, this person must be so unhappy because of me.
1: Right. And then. Yeah, that's definitely how it is. Or they're thinking, or you're thinking, they're thinking that you're just fucking crazy.
0: Totally. So then I know you said, um, just to keep going, because we could talk forever, but um, you did manage your depression Mm -hmm. in the past medically. Are you still currently uh, medicating for your depression?
1: Um, No, last year, right as COVID hit too, I decided I'm at home. I'm not going to be around anybody. I'm going to wean myself off my pharmaceutical meds and just try to go naturally I just I think too many chemical medications in your system not kind of knowing what's happening I just wanted to try something natural and it's been working I mean there's times where I mean my CBD isn't cutting it and I know it so I have to try to find another way to um yeah definitely like work through it or find another outlet so I have been doing more walks and stuff lately. Like, if the other day I was getting into my book and I couldn't, and I just like, I, if I stay here any longer, I'm going to fall asleep. And I'm just getting down and down. I'm like, I'm just going to go for a walk. And I end up doing like two and a half K, but it made me feel so free. And just, I'm like, okay, now I can get back and do what I need to do. Just boost that bit of, of life, fresh air. Just kind of
0: re- re- re-energized you you know as if you took like a shot of energy drink or something and kind of gave you a little boost to keep going it was natural so that just kind of almost makes it more empowering because it was like free
1: yeah and I definitely when I start seeing it come on now I try to pick up whether it's shuffling my earbuds and listen to some music <laughs> which my kids hate when I sing or like you know I try to scrapbook or go outside or I'll Um, text my friend and be like, Hey, do you want to go for a walk? Just try to get out. Even if I don't want to, I'll push myself to kind of get out of it before it gets to be like a really deep place that I don't want to go to
0: before it's, you know, like you said, in your different zones, before you get too far gone, you're like, okay, I need to, whatever this is doing is taking me down this path. I need to switch and do something that's going to take me down a happy path until I can, you know, get back to business of life. And I, I think that's, such an empowering, um, response to be able to feel from yourself.
1: Oh, it definitely is. And like every day I'm still learning more and more. So, and every day is different. So I have to try new things and I have to have a toolbox with multiple different ways. Otherwise, you know, what worked today. Yeah. And what worked today might not work tomorrow. So it's uh it's definitely and then a learning you just, process every as you day. get older
0: you learn more and more and the more like we said you'll talk about this someone else will be like hey this is what I do I'm like oh shit I never thought about that I'm gonna try that next time and then and it's just like so empowering to be like okay that worked for this person let me give it a try you know and just having that communication of all these different ways whether you need to be medicinal or natural but even if you're doing we can all test you sometimes the medication isn't the right one for you it's not working you still need to do the work um, you can't just, well, you can, but I mean, for most part, most of us will say it comes back to you. So you still got to do the work and then,
1: and it's true. And I've, I was on multiple different pharmaceutical medications and it wasn't like the first one worked for so long. And exactly. then it got to the point where it wasn't. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to get to that point anyway, with the second one All at quick. some point, let's yeah, just for sure.
0: I, and as I, try I, to go I natural. I was like that too. was like, Cam, yeah, Thirty-four, like let's and I'm again not discouraging people from doing any whatever they need to do. But for me, it was like at the time I was like, Cam thirty-two. If I do this now and I'm already advancing in my dosage this much, what the hell am I gonna be like in 10 years from now? 15, 20. I don't want to be dependent on these. Like, so can I give this up and try to work through whatever it is naturally until I'm to the point where I can't or and then I did and now it's better and I feel really like a little bit more free to have that. In my older age, when I'm maybe not able to control some things as much, um, so I think you said it was 2012, when you said was the earliest. Was that your earliest signs of depression? How old would you have been then? Was um, that when you said that
3: you noticed it? Was that what you said? 2012.
1: Yeah, that's when I noticed it. Like it was brought to my attention. I think there was a little bit before, yeah, but I, I was that's when very in kind in of denial met about 2012, it. 2012. I think just um, before I got married was when we kind of met. yeah so and I'm i am like older than older. you or you're younger than you I um, that. no you're younger um but i think there was some signs before but because i was so in denial and i used to shove like all my issues down um i didn't want to i didn't want to acknowledge that there was something wrong because then i would have to deal with everything that i've kind of stuffed down. So um it, I mean, even in my teens, there was times where I would just want to stay at home and um not kind of hang out with anybody. But I mean, oh, that's God. part of being a teen and hormonal too. Anything. So, <laughs> and I know, <laughs> I know. And I have that. one now, so I kind of, <laughs> I know, right. Uh It's bad, but, it's... but yeah, definitely 2011, yeah, yeah, 2012 is when it really, yeah, um, kind of hit me. Oh how, how
0: my gosh, like 10, almost 10 years at this point, almost a decade. So in that decade of you having it, yeah. um, obviously you've had your ups and your downs. What would you say is something that you find the most like, um, successful for you with your depression, um, through your whole journey? Would you say that there's been certain medications that have helped you the most or do, are you finding the more natural route and reworking those brain patterns? that you've that let's say created from the past or whatever you know you know what I'm trying to say
1: I think I think more natural and the biggest um, like accomplishment from it is acknowledging that I do have that problem that I Mm -hmm. am like I am living with depression when I acknowledged it and I kind of made more people aware that that's what I was going through that's when I kind of really Mm -hmm. noticed the change in myself even. And when I, when I could say, okay, I do, I, I need help in this moment. There's too much going on. Someone has to either leave and go home or I need to remove myself from the situation. Um, just even acknowledging things around me, um, whether it's avoiding situations, avoiding people, um, Learning how to say no, that was a big thing for me because I,
0: oh, you were always I hardly the yes ever did. I would always...
1: And I, and I am kind of when still, but I though. am trying you know, to I'm, be more, I'm, like... all
0: for da- I'm down for shit too all the time, but there's a difference of always saying yes, because you want to be a part of it and you want to have fun and you just that person to the point where it's like you're just doing it because you're going to have FOMO and you're ignoring everything else in your life and like what's most important is like taking care of you I don't know I know you'd be the same like dying and tired and you probably should have stayed home and rested but you know you just had to show up
1: and that's and that's what it was getting for me and I finally even now like I feel so bad when I do say no or I'll make plans and then the day come and I'm like I, I don't feel like going but is either do I go and make the person happy and make myself miserable or do I stay home and make me happy? But then, you know, I upset somebody else. So I'm like having that battle of which one's going to be better. And I usually 95% of the time I'll give in and go cause I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But again, I'm trying to, 2021 for me is going to be more self care putting me first. Cause I haven't, I've always put totally. everybody above myself. And in this past year, even since COVID knowing that putting everyone first mm-hmm. is what actually was killing me. It was making my depression worse. It was making my anxiety worse. And it was slowly like just eating at me so much that I was becoming physically ill. I didn't want to go anywhere. I was crying every day. I, I didn't want to be around anybody. So I'm just, yeah. So I finally just said this year, I'm going to try to say no more. I'm going to be more open to having time to myself. I just come back from 24 hours of a four hour drive one way and a four hour drive back. And it was so nice to sit in the car free. and turn the music up and just sing or yeah. And it was just so relaxing that it was, I really needed it. And I didn't know how much until I got back and well, I'm and like, then Oh now God, that was so relaxing fill, for me.
0: Full cup to fill others up. And we always think like, if we take that time to fill up our cup that The other people are losing out or somehow going to be drained of theirs, but it's, it's not true. They'll, they'll survive without us and we'll be better. And you're going to be able to show up better this week uh, for yourself, for your kids, for your husband, for everyone, because you did take that break and we're all guilty of it at all different moms are guilty of it with their children. Us workaholics are guilty with it at work, you know, like, People that are addicted to their social life, you know, are guilty of like, not always wanting to go out and realizing, but we all need that grounding time. We all need that reset in whatever way. I mean, that could look different for everybody, but we all need that self-care time. And we're all stubborn to think that we don't. And it's, it's nice when you realize you do, and then you feel more empowered to take it. And then you show how that positively impacts people in your life. And you're like, fuck yeah, I can do more of this. And then it's just like, then shit just starts working out. And then that guilt just kind of goes away. Slowly over time.
1: <laughs> it does over time. And I'm starting to becoming le- feeling less and less guilty, but it was, yeah. it was a big thing. I was filling everyone's cup and I was draining my own, but because I'd get to the point where if I didn't do something for someone else, I'd feel guilty. So I'm like, well, I have to do it. Cause that's not, you know, they feel really nice when I do, but I was still emptying mine so yeah. much that, and it wasn't getting filled back up. And I'm like, I need to learn how to fill my own cup and not expect other people to kind of do that. It's nice when other people fill your cup too, but you have to find happiness Absolutely. in yourself and, and, and a, find it's a way a nice to fill balance. up your own it's cup. Like,
0: hey, I can fill up my own cup and I'm a beautiful little cup on my own, but it's sure nice when other people dip a little bit of theirs into mine and then I can dip more into other people. You know, that sounds like a really fucking weird orgy analogy, but, um, (laughs) it's just kind of like community, right. (laughs) Where it all comes back that it takes like, you know, and I obviously can't speak on being a parent, but to me, it takes a community to raise a child. and, And why I say that is because I think a child that has a community raising them has far more advantage because like And I come from a single mom and I had a lot of advantage from that. My mom taught me how to be a boss bitch by myself, build shit by myself. Like I'm a dainty little girl because I have grant, but if he's not here, I can take care of business. But, you know, and that being said is that I was raised by an army of people of different perspectives. So I think that gave me an edge to see a lot of different views in the world. Right. So I think, um, I don't even know what my point of the story was, but, um, I don't know because I just do a stoner thought and I was just really excited about this and I was like this is a really good point and then I was like what was your point stupid just kidding um, but just like it does a community right and so it's like but it does you I have like to have back it. to that team and like talking about it and you know being open because then it's like we can help each other and we can be more successful when we help each other
1: I think that was my whole point of community and it takes a team yeah and it is but you have to be open-minded because and, and I'm I mean, I wasn't for a while and then always gets in my way. No. And I wasn't pride. That's that's just a whole other issue in itself. (laughs) Um, But I was, I, I wasn't open-minded. And then when I changed my perspective and I'm like, okay, I can see your point of view and I can see why you think this way, but I also need you to be able to see why I think this way. That's different from yours. And I think that's where the whole issue, even with, mental health with everything is people who don't understand it sometimes don't want to switch that switch off to understand or on to whichever way you look at it um to see it from a person who does suffer I I don't want to come tonight it's not because I I'm not your friend or you know whatever I just I'm not feeling well and I I'm not in a mood to laugh or joke I just need to have my feelings but I need you to understand. Yeah.
0: And you want to show up as your best That these are my yourself. feelings. I know for me, it's like everyone knows me as such like a happy-go-lucky, bubbly person and super high energy. So if I show up and my energy is so low, then I'm getting asked a million questions what's wrong. And sometimes you're like, yo, I just don't want to answer I'm just, this is just me today and it's okay. You know, so that's for me. It's like, if, if it's going to put me in a situation where I'm going to like, not to sound bad, but like bum people out because of my low energy, I just... Rather just like vibrate low at home and just get stoned and like hang out with Grant and the cats and just be chill and not put that pressure. But equally so, i will be like, hey, you can't do that forever. You, need- I'll-, I'll call myself and be like, you need to go out and be social. And I know you do the same thing. It's like, it's cool to stay in retreat, but also like you can get easily, especially with a year like this, trapped up in there. And that just, you need that social interaction. I know for you too, you need that. Even though sometimes we say that we hate it, we actually love it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I do. Like, I'm more definitely try to be more outgoing, but sometimes you also just need to own your feelings, and if that means you need to stay in bed or you need to have a piece of cake that you normally wouldn't have or cry or whatever, you need to have that too, and you need to be okay with having that.
0: Well, we've gotten almost an hour. We can just talk forever. I think this is why I was like, she could definitely talk for another hour about this stuff. Not, not. I don't mean that in a bad way, but just mean because you've had so much self-discovery and and I know you just have so much to share because it's been such a relief for you. And so I hope that today was another relieving session for you um, because it's been so great to learn about something that I you know you really have dealt with on, on a light version, but it just blows my mind because when I met you is when you're at your depth of it. And I'm just so so in awe at the woman that you've become and how you've just handled yourself through all of it. I know it's probably felt like an explosion of hot dumpster fire in your brain. Um, but from the outside uh, it's you've held yourself so well. And I'm just so proud to know that the, the dumpster fire is calming down on the inside of your noggin.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It definitely is. It definitely has come a long way from where it was. Wow but it helps when you have amazing people who do support you and do understand where you are and don't judge you because and of it,
0: giving you space to figure that out. And I think that's what we want you, this community. Like here's a space where you can grow and lay it out there and let's figure it out. As you're, as you're laying it out there, we're going to figure out stuff and discover stuff about ourselves. And then it's like, Oh sweet. Okay, cool. And like I said to you, I'm like, you know, that you're empowering other people, especially other moms we are going stuff with, you know, your own kids and you're being vulnerable about that. And you were just like, holy shit, I didn't even think about that. And it's like, well, no, yeah, you're, you know, you say I'm inspiring, but you're inspiring people too. Right. So, um, thank you again for coming on to our, our, our really next guest episode right after your last one and sharing this. Cause I know a lot of people are going to relate to that and definitely feel less alone. And I'm excited for you to make even more connections and, um, excited. Cause I know you're going to be on another show next month. Um, There's probably three that you could be a part of. Excited to see um, which one we're going to fit you in next. So thanks again, Court, for coming today. And let's jump into guest number two, Kayla. Take it
2: away, girl. Okay, guys, Kayla here jumping on to record with our second guest for this segment. We are doing our guest host portion on depression. And I have Carly here with me today. And I couldn't be more thrilled to have you here. Hi, guys. I'm Carly. Kayla and I have known each other for a
4: very long time. And I'm super honored that she asked and super excited to be here.
2: I'm really excited to have you. I'm I'm actually glad that I grew the balls to be like, no, you know, people, you know, people who have experiences, put your, put your ass on the line here and do it. Absolutely. It's so great to be asked. And it's so great to share.
4: And it's so great to be part of the conversation.
2: It's freaky, though, because you know, what it is, it's a touchy thing. And I just like was like, Oh, you know, I know, I'm okay, bearing my entire soul about how my depression rocked my life. But I'm like, I don't know where other people are at. So I was like, you know what? Part of the journey is just asking. And I'm stoked. Absolutely. Part
4: of it is the, the stigma. You know what I mean? And understanding that
2: vulnerability is
4: something that people are still not very comfortable with. But it's growing. I can see it. I see people are ready for it. So this is fantastic
2: it's like part of the human experience being vulnerable i like what yeah i think it's amazing once you move past the fear that's tied to it yes it's so amazing to
4: have somebody like genuinely like look you in the eye and say oh my god me too
2: yeah oh see and like i'm like i don't know i don't care but i'm not one of those i don't really know what the me too movement is nobody like hex me or anything i'm sorry i just like there's so many things that happen on the daily that it's hard to keep up with everything. I feel like I have a vague idea, but, like, every time I hear that, I'm, like, is that, like, I'm I'm worried that people are going to tie it to that or whatever. Oh, and it's, like, no, let it go. Like, the yeah. Me Too, like, we can all be going through something and talk about it. It's okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, just having some hearing
4: this, you know, this podcast, having people just listen if they – And hear something that they relate to and understand and they're like, okay, and it doesn't change it. It doesn't eradicate that for them. But it does let them know that, man, this isn't as big as and scary as it was two seconds ago, now that I know that someone else
2: understands that you're not alone. And I think that's the most beautiful part about it. And I'm stoked that you said that. I'm glad that that's how you feel about it. And I think with that, we're going to go into our questions. Great. So clearly we're already, I have you here. So I think most people will know the answer, but (laughs) have you ever been diagnosed with depression? I
4: have. So my formal diagnosis came in March of 2012. Okay. Yeah. Um, So for me, the diagnosis was bipolar type two. Um, there are quite a few variations of that illness, uh, but mine is categorized by periods of intense depression, uh, followed by bouts of mania
2: or hypomania, hmm.
4: I guess, in my case. Hypomania. Yeah.
2: Okay. So like what, without sounding insensitive, like what's the hypermania part? Like, So for me,
4: <laughs> hypomania is kind of interesting because... It starts with me feeling very, very good. Um, I would describe it mm. as almost, like, casually euphoric. Like, you okay, know that feeling when cool. – I would describe it when you first fall in love with someone and you're, like, infatuated and, I don't know, like a car wreck could happen around you and it wouldn't affect you. You would still be smiling. That kind of thing. It's okay. this – feeling of, like, being able to take on the world after feeling completely defeated by it,
2: if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And it's a term I just wanted to ask because it's a term that I I haven't heard of. And I don't get, you know, I'm going through school and I'm learning a lot. And we're just talking about, like, depression and counseling and how to help people through things and stuff like that and learning about the brain. And I'm just obsessed with it. So it's, like, everything new that I can hear about how other people's journeys are going through with depression. I'm like, I want to know, like, I want to know it all.
4: Absolutely. And I mean, hypomania is super and mania itself. So those two things are different. Um, Mania is usually quite a bit more of an intense experience for me. um, It's mostly something that happens to me is I tend to um, attach myself to an idea or, um, and experience, and just sort of obsess over it. Um, Sleep becomes very, very little. Um, I talk really fast. I spend a lot of money recklessly. I, Well, for an example, in a hypomanic phase one time, I watched that life-saving magic of tidying up. And I like, I can't explain it. In the middle of it, it felt like an epiphany. That's what I would describe it as. It always feels like a little bit like, Oh my God, I've had a life earth shattering revelation. And at the time, I, I couldn't see that it was out of control. I just thought, this is huh. great. And it wasn't until I had given away pretty much everything except like our bare furniture that I had even been like casually aware that it had been hypomania, if that makes sense. It's sort of hard to decipher. That's- Horrifying. yeah it like thankfully it's been quite in control of that part for me for a lot of years now but it, it is it's, good okay it's this sort of dangerous line for me between like feeling amazing and feeling like I've just blown my whole life up
2: <laughs> like yeah like you're either oh so I can I'm gonna kind of I can kind of relate it a little bit I don't have um like mine was, I was diagnosed with chronic depression. And I, I can't quite remember the difference between that and major, like majors more intense, whereas chronic, I think just kind of, mm-hmm. it lasts for long periods of time, and it can go or come kind of easily. Right. And I think that's when when I called my therapist, or I call I reach out to a therapist to get help. Um, I had uh, been talking to him, and then I just couldn't stop crying. So I was like, Usually, it's either uh, really high or really low. I have no in between. I am either up or really down. So, I like I said, I need some, I need, I need something to level me out because I can't, I can't cry anymore.
4: Totally. That's, it's a similar experience for me. That's definitely an element I experience. And it's interesting, like you mentioned, you you know, you having uh, major depressive disorder and chronic depression, how all of these things are, um, individual and unique but sort of referred to as one lump of an experience which yes you know I think I'm kind of glad that people are starting to discuss the nuances in that
2: well the separation because they're different like not you know not everyone who's having major depression is going to have symptoms that are similar to that of like what your type of depression is yes Or uh, postpartum depression, like, how do you know? Like, it's just like, it's so weird when you think the word depression, I think a lot of people think of one thing and they don't actually articulate it to be uh, many things. Absolutely.
4: And I think we kind of characterize it as, I mean, and of course it can be this, but sort of just this, a sad person, a person who is
2: yeah you're just sad whereas
4: people not only overlook that in their loved ones but in themselves because they think yeah. i'm not displaying the symptoms of, as i've come to understand them and therefore my suffering is is not worthy of being looked at do you know what i mean like i think a lot of people yeah. just kind of assume that these are like character flaws rather than like something that they are experiencing and dealing with like a chemical
2: imbalance which is exactly what my therapist said was my he figured my issue was and he said like you know I'd been diagnosed I think it was 2017 but he said that he had reason to believe that I have had depression since I was very young and he said it's just the system systematic sequence of Mm. events that happened that you know offset the chemicals like it's crazy it's it's, actually really crazy when you get into the science of it like the brain science of it all it's fascinating and I'm like I'm you know I'm not saying like oh, woohoo we have like brain issues whatever like I'm I'm not saying it's great but I'm like it's kind of fascinating once you start to understand it and learn about it and like it stops taking control of your life yes
4: and I think that some people are worried that um
2: knowing it and giving it a
4: label is going to make it um, like something they can't move forward from. But in a way it's like, yes. Oh man. Okay. So this is, this is something I've been dealing with and struggling with for
2: a long time. There's help. I don't need to do this anymore. Yes, I don't have to do it alone and you can have some people have access to tools. We call them tool belts where they will give you access to these tools that will help you learn how to rewire your brain like I learned so many freaking things from my therapist mm-hmm. that I looking back I'm like wow and the whole time I was like honestly the whole time dude I think I was like second guessing it I was like I would like get an arguments in my head where we would have about a conversation him and I had where I'm arguing with him in my head about being wrong and it's like why do you think that that was happening and it's like more times than none it was because I was wrong and I didn't want to admit mm. it and so it's like crazy how I learned so much but felt like I was fighting him yes time. isn't that it's kind of a
4: mental boxing match it's these <gasps> oh you know like the first time I don't know I would this is gross but like a scab falls off and you've got that fresh layer underneath and the wind hits oh. it and you're like no that is gross and it takes like almost you have to let the wind keep hitting it until it's comfortable and that's kind of how right because therapy is like that and i am super glad that like i don't know that you can kick it with your therapist and work through things because i really feel like trauma like you mentioned he a series of events offset the chemicals like it, a lot of it goes back to trauma as well. You know, it's not just brain chemistry. It's not just your experiences. It's a culmination of like who you are as a person and everything you've lived through. And there's
2: a lot to it. Many different things. Yeah, it's like, uh, what is it? Like, I'm sure you know that fight or flight, mm. like that that mode your body. Yes. It's like when you're living in survival mode for so long, you don't know how to come out of it. Therefore, when you do come out of it, it's very strange because you've been living, like, in a heightened sense of awareness for a long time. My, my therapist, I think he called it mm-hmm. hypervigilance. He's like, you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, I'm like, what? Yes, and once you, like,
4: process that, you... I- The interesting thing is it's very uncomfortable for a very long time because now you've identified it but that doesn't necessarily make it easier it feels very yucky because you're like okay here I am I've identified what's happening to me but it's going to take a little bit longer to break these patterns and feel comfortable facing it down you know it's like definitely hard work but it's worthy work and I'm glad that like as a collective, we are starting to do it.
2: Yeah, we need to, man. This is the whole point. Like, Brandy and I say it all the time. Like, the last year, have everyone has been so disconnected and so, and forcibly. Like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's been, like, a forced separation and a forced segregation of people. And it's like, we are one race and it's human. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been
4: drastic. And I mean... For me, I am learning to reach beyond the barriers that I have made for myself to connect with people. I know that I'm always going to um, feel the way I feel politically. But for me, I'm like, this year has taught me a lot about working with what I have to try to connect with people and trying Yes to keep it alive because it is so easy for me as a person experiencing depression to just give in, to just sink into that desperate darkness. You know, it's not even comfortable. It's desperate. Yes. I know that. It is absolutely ridiculous. So I'm trying to remember that in all of this, like I have these tools and the differences that I want to make in the world and social justice, I'm still, able to do this where I just have to adapt you know the, it's being yeah. adaptable and I feel like for as much as we've struggled this year like you've started this podcast that is I think our
2: what is amazing about us as a species yeah it's it's fast it's like the most fascinating thing like you know you see and it's it happens it's history repeats itself all the time and it's crazy that we're going through this in our lifetime, and imagine when we're in our seventies, eighties. If there's, you know, if, if by any chance, if that happens again, or if it's another couple of, like, you know, more than a few years that pass, then and then something else happens. You know, it's just crazy to think of like our grandparents going through everything they went through, yeah and being in this time is like we need to mm-hmm. do better, all of us, and I think. We need to yes, connect.
4: And I think about, you know, the last pan- well, the pandemic we experienced where like an entire generation of, you know, queer people we lost and how it was so lonely yes. and I am hoping that moving forward we are able to better like care for and connect with people who are suffering no matter which dynamic it comes from in something
2: like this. No, and it, need, it needs to be. And that's like the funniest thing too. Brandy was just saying like, there's actually a lot of platforms, social platforms that you can like, that have support groups, which I think is amazing. And um, yeah, no, I think that's awesome. So we kind of, where are we? <laughs> I think totally... we're like, nope, we're not going to get lost. We're not going to get lost, guys. <laughs> just kidding. So we've kind of touched on, yeah, like you we now we know that you yes. have been diagnosed. We know what your diagnosis. And so I remember you said when you were diagnosed, Let's talk about how it affected you then to now homework relationships. Oh my goodness. Et so you know, I I it's affected
4: every part of my life. I feel like there's always part of me that wants to, you know, really put in the inspo porn. You know what I mean? Like this is how I overcame it. This is how oh, yeah. I reached the precipice. But I mean, for me, um, it's affected everything. Uh I have not held full-time employment since 2013. Um, I left my last job during an episode. It was the first one that I had ever had. And I was not sure uh, what I was experiencing. Um, Things like being on time, meeting deadlines, things like that became absolutely excruciating for me. Um, So I, yeah, like I said, I have not held full-time employment since then. It's something I'm working to change now. <clears throat> um, so my marriage obviously suffered for a few years as well. I mean, we got married the same year I was diagnosed. And it was in a whirlwind adventure of uh, medications and cycles and ups and downs. And it
2: think, yeah.
4: was not like the blissful... And um, newlywed experience that I think a lot of people—I don't know if they actually have it—but a lot of people aspire to. I'm grateful for every second. Um, we've grown a lot together, but it—it it was hard. Um, Friendship suffered. I think it was very hard for people to see me not only suffer, but <sighs> some of the symptoms of mental
2: illness will have you acting very foolish <laughs> in my case oh yeah no dude it's oh I know exactly what you mean like and I, I I just when we're talking about this as we're talking about it over this um episode I'm just like I'm remembering times when we were younger and it's just like I just wish that you would have had like m- more like knowledge yes. sooner like that someone would have been able to help you sooner and tell you sooner like it, it that's what's frustrating about it for Uh, because a lot of us we all our whole grad year like our whole grad class we went through a lot of shit so did the kids before like the year older than us and then the year like in the grade 12 so if we were in grade 10 10 11 and 12 or when we were even when we were in grade nine man I remember things just started like going south there and it's like I wish that we would have had better equipment from like outside source like we you know we had access to school counselors and stuff and like they were they were there and I remember them being quite helpful but like on the level of like mm. life shit like I wish that we would have had life coach counselors coming in like talking to us like in after deaths and stuff like being like you know I don't know something and people that came in and talked about like moods and behaviors and things like that like we were never educated no. on any of this and it's like no like it's a friggin' miracle it that is still alive. and it's- I think Thankfully, we are moving out of
4: this notion that adolescence is a frivolous um, time where people are going through phases rather than real um, impactful traumas. Um, These things start young. They start in childhood. And I think whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with deserves the respect that it commands. And I feel like high school is vicious enough without feeling entitled to the things that hurt you you know not feeling like you can express them not yes. feeling safe not only with like adults but your other peers because they're just trying to survive too and it's cut throat
2: oh it's so cutthroat! it's like the yes, most intense and it's, thing I
4: have so much more compassion for myself then and for other people as well I mean there are things that I would change absolutely but now going forward I'm just grateful that you know the kids coming up are going to hopefully have more resources and if not they feel safer to engage in exactly this kind of conversation.
2: Me too. That's that's the hope. Like that's the pipe dream here where we're all shooting for this one thing and it's like yeah, I'm so 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 happy that you're here and you're talking to me about this and Um, where are we? We are. So, okay. With affecting your life, uh, how is it affecting you now? Like how are you doing now? Um, yeah. So
4: this is like an interesting question. Um, because right now I'm actually experiencing a depressive episode, but, um, the, the interesting thing about it is when I'm in it, it feels like I've always been in it and I'm never not going to be in it. And, Now I'm in a place Mm -hmm. and I can tell that this is different from when I was first diagnosed. I'm in a place where I can recognize that I'm able to step back and see here I am. This feels shitty. This is what this feels like. This feels like it's never going to be over, but I'm also able to express that and have healthy perspective in my life that says, you know what? I know it feels like that. I know it feels like that, but this is temporary. You are not going to always yeah. feel as shitty as you do right now. And that is a huge accomplishment for me because it was years of just wanting it to be over, thinking I was going to reach a point where that was just going to be it, you know, like. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> that's fucking crazy, man. Like, I'm I'm proud for you. Like, I'm that's a yeah. big thing and. Um, I guess with our next question, we'll kind of ask, like, how you manage it? Are you doing it with medication naturally? Like, what do you, what do you, what are your, what is your take on how you're So for me, the
4: um, I've discovered that the best thing that works uh, is a combination of therapy and medication. I've kind of figured out over the years that um, as much as I've tried not to take it, it's just not really an option as far as stability for me. Um, Whereas also I was taking medication for a while and just doing that. And there's so much more that needs to be addressed, I think. And so therapy was where I really started hashing this out and noticing behavioral patterns and not just that, but things that I actually had the ability to change. You know, I feel like that you just are the way you are and you can't change it and nobody can and I mean it's not entirely true it's your essence is who you are but you have power over a lot of things in your life and it I'm grateful to know that now and that probably wouldn't have happened to me without um, the combination
2: of therapy and meds. And see, that's what I love about uh, that's what I love about asking you to come and talk because I know I knew that your situation was very different from anything that else that I have witnessed. So um, it's fascinating that you say that because that was the same. I was first therapy, and then it was with therapy and medication where I started to learn how to take back control of my life and get the strength in knowing mm-hmm. my triggers. And how to process them. And like that's huge. That's a huge thing for people that have these kind of like disorders happening for them. It's it's major for you to take like an ounce of control back it gives you so much more confidence yes, in your life. And it's
4: absolutely. It's awesome. And I wish that, you know, it's so tough because when we talk about therapy, you know, you can't just like tell someone you need to go get therapy because it is so costly. So I feel like for anybody listening who does not have access to that i just want to make clear that that's a system failure and it's yeah it is it's, it's absolute bullshit we need to have more resources access matters it's you know when we're talking about um mental illness when we're talking about disability it's it's not the disability it's not the mental illness that's the entire obstacle it's the limited access and the way that the world at large treats people who are suffering so that is something we need to
2: change. Yeah, you literally you literally just hit the nail right on the head. That's exactly how I feel about it. That's exactly why I wanted to be a part of this with Brandy. And that's exactly why I'm in the school that I'm in. Because I'm like, I need to get right into the thick of it and figure out the internalness mm-hmm. of the system so I can figure out where I can apply more pressure to make more changes and it's like coming together and realizing there, you know, Mm -hmm. that collective thought. I think you know, you have it, I have it. There's gonna be about probably four or five other people at this moment who are having the same thoughts and it's like that It is. is. Collaboration is an
4: incredible tool and I am that is one thing I feel like, you know, mental illness as an experience gave me was the ability to truly connect and collaborate with people. So that's how I think about it. And I guess in the question of where I am now, I don't hate it. You know, that that's where I am as I'm at peace with it. And that's good enough.
2: Dude, I love that. I love that yeah, so much. Like- um, our, n- our next question is kind of like a bleed back and it's a weird one. Well, I think it's, I kind of overlapped it a little bit, but um. Do you feel like you had an idea that this was maybe how you were at all before you'd ever been diagnosed or was your earliest sign when you had your first episode or whenever Um, this is such
4: an interesting question because looking back, I can see instances, um, as far as like, like early childhood, um, just very much struggling with, um, rituals, things like that, anxieties, um, definitely feeling a, what I would just call a sort of lingering sadness. Um, and I can recall this yes. far back into childhood. So I think that it's maybe not um, what I know now is bipolar, but definitely something that I've been struggling with from the
2: for as long as I can remember. Okay. And I think that that's actually really fascinating because I felt the same way uh, when I, because I, I just remember being like periods of time in my childhood where I was like, exceptionally sad. Like I, you know, Mm. I would just cry for no reason. And it's like, well, you know, you don't really cry for no reason. It's like stored emotion coming out like
4: through your physical. Yes. And these are things we know now, but like, when we were growing up, I don't I don't feel like most of us grew up um in families where this was known, you know? It was more like why are you so emotional? Why what am I going to do with you? You know, yeah. you you have a good yeah. life. What is what is your damage, <laughs> you know what I mean? But now I I'm just glad to know this because I went through so much of my life just thinking of these things as character flaws you know like I
2: like just yeah yes something wrong with you oh I hate that for us both because it's like I I relate to that I really do and then um we're in so we kind of touched this but I'll ask it anyways where you're at in your life with your depression is it like are you are you moving to a place where it's more Yes, manageable. absolutely.
4: Um, so I struggled with like episodes of psychosis and stuff with hypomania where it was yeah. just completely overwhelming for a few years um, while I was cycling with medication and stuff. I finally, I think it was 2015, found um, a medication that works really, really well for as far as like managing that, my mood. Um, I still struggle with depression, but as far as the hypomania and things like that, those are super well-managed now. So I'm in a good place. I'm in a place where I'm ebbing and flowing.
2: (laughs) I love that. You know, you're just letting it happen. You're just trusting that things will work out. And if they don't, you're kind of like, well, we'll work around it. Yes, my biggest
4: struggle right now is reminding myself that – There is no such thing as wasted years. Um, It doesn't matter, you know, when you go back to school, what you're producing. Your worth is not intrinsically tied to what you produce in this world. And even if you spent years on your sofa, that is still lived experience. You may have missed out on other things, but you were surviving. And
2: that is
4: a badge all its own.
2: A hundred percent. And that really carries us into the next one. So we're on, we're in the place where you have gotten a few pretty staple things under control and you did this through therapy and medication. Um, Is there anything else that you want to like say about how you've gotten here? Like how, like, you know, I, for me, I'm just going to kind of just throw this in there for me. It's like a, I found it was Mm. like a spiritual thing. When this started really getting the greatest understanding of it. For me,
4: I want, I guess my unique experience was thinking that I was the worst for so long. And my biggest advice to anybody who struggles with this is like, you know what? Let people love you. If if they do, if they say it, if they say you're beautiful, believe them. If they say that you make their life better, believe them. You deserve to accept compliments. You... You deserve to take up space. That's let people love you, let people see you, and understand that, like, <coughs> rejection a lot of times doesn't have shit to do with us. It's healthy. exactly it happens to everyone, and you're worth loving Wherever you are in your journey.
2: Yeah,? I <laughs> it. Yes. so. What would you say some of your best accomplishments have been in life since you've understood what was oh happening my goodness and how okay so
4: I would just say, like as a person, I am so much kinder, so much more compassionate, I have so much more empathy for things that I didn't even consider before. I am an incredibly soft person now, which I am proud of um I'm really proud of the relationships I've managed to build and maintain. I think it's really cool. I've met so many people. Um, it was an accomplishment to be vulnerable. Um, I guess like tangible things, I moved to a new country and I learned the language and met people from scratch and built relationships. And it was something that I, if you would ask me. <laughs> In 2011, if, if I if you had told me that I would be there, I would have thought you were absolutely insane. So that, and I guess my big thing now is that, like, dude, I fucking love plants. Like, so much. I, oh, I kind of know what yeah. I want to do with my life. And
2: it's, I don't know exactly what. It's planty, but that's exciting. <laughs> I love it. Purpose, man. That's what we're talking about. And it's like, it's crazy when you come to this point where you're just like no I want to do like something that just like rules me and it takes a couple bumps and scrapes along the way but it's really beautiful once you get there and I love that I love that I loved watching you in the in the other yes Columbia were you in Columbia loved it every second of it I was like that is the most fierce thing you could do because I knew what you were going through mentally I knew and I was like what a boss (laughs) bitch like let's just pack up and move to Columbia. And then you went to the did. pandemic over I
4: there. Guess, like, they're not. even no small feats. That is what I hope, I don't know. I mean, I don't have any like miracle advice or any kind of happy ending because I. it's not the end. Um, that's just what I want people to know is it's not the end and your path, whatever it looks like is still a path and it's going
2: somewhere. So like, make sure you're around to see it. Man, this is the coolest conversation. Um, with This is our final one. If, like Anything at all that we've missed that you want to share with our audience about this journey with depression and how it's um, like with your man, life? Man, I think we like covered it, all
4: of it and more. I guess just if you can, if you can find one safe person in your life or whether that yes. you, you don't have to know them, if it's this podcast, if it's anything, a safe person that, can listen to you is worth gold and if you can find that and you can whether it's the internet um whether it's support groups these things are out there and we are here there are people like Kayla and Brandy and I everywhere waiting to connect so don't wait don't suffer alone
2: oh man I love that this has been the coolest thing talking to you and having this experience um I'm really excited that we got together, and I really just want to say thank you for coming out and getting real with me. Um, I can't stress enough how important this was for me and Brandy, how much I love you. I'm so, so
4: honored that you asked, and this was cool. It wasn't nerve-wracking at all. This felt more like shooting the shit than, you know, any kind of formal stuffy thing. So for anybody who's thinking about coming on and sharing, you should definitely do it
2: yeah I mean, we love you guys. We love having all the content that we get from you. We love the conversations, and I feel like every time we do an episode and we connect with people because we've connected we've out connected with people we don't know, but I'm also finding the connections with the people I do know after hearing their side of the story is like so it's like amazing liberating.
4: that you can have an experience with someone and they're having a total like parallel experience beyond that. and when they finally choose to share it with you, it's like yes
2: exactly Whoa, (laughs) well dude i'm so
4: excited that we got to talk this was so amazing so thank you so much
2: all right so with that i'm going to pass the mic back over to my girl brandy for our last guest Oh my gosh, Kayla, thank you guys so much for that interview.
0: I'm so excited wow. to dive deeper in it. And I'm so excited to introduce to you guys our next guest. This gal is a soul sister to me. So I'm so proud of her for saying yes for jumping on this show and sharing her story because she is one of the most badass mamas I know. So I'd like to introduce you for the first time Holly. Hey girl, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? I'm so good. I'm so glad that you decided to jump our, like... said yes to me jumping on well you said you would but immediately like three (laughs) days later I was like okay how about now
5: (laughs) yes I'm so in I'm so uh, excited
0: I love it and I think I just know that about you because one thing if you know Miss Holly G is that she's unapologetically herself and that's why we love her and so (laughs) perfect fitting for uh, your branding into our branding because it's all about like being uniquely yourself and standing out and we just stand for that so thanks again for being here today. And before we get jumping into these questions, um, can you tell our little community a little bit about yourself so they can know you a little bit better?
5: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I am a mom of two, I have a seven year old and a one and a half year old. Um, and I run my own um, hairstyling company, well, I guess I have my salon set up in my home. I'm also a makeup artist, and I'm a maker, so I always like having my hands busy, making scrunchies, and crafting. Um, and yeah, I, I, man, I have a lot of things on the go, but
0: that's basically me. <laughs> I know, right? And then you're like, oh, and then I do this, and then I do this. Um, and just to give everyone an idea of how me and Holly, like, we've known each other for a long time. I don't even, like, I don't know how long now, at least like 2017, 20, 20, 16, at least
5: least, yeah it's been at least like six years yeah holy
4: crap
0: yeah so and we started out um in the art community together um me photographer see model fun times we've done so many fun art together and I think that's what really connected us to um on a different level because it's like with art your your mental illnesses can be like your fuel and also your extinguisher and so I think that that kind of like bonded us because it immediately again we're just like oh my gosh we have all this like we just immediately connected and talked about all this on a deep level and I think that helped us in our friendship and artistically and I think that's why we always have so much fun together because it's just so safe
5: yeah yeah I was thinking the exact same thing I know like when I get the chance to model I kind of like yeah, I go into like a whole different person and I get to experience like me from a different perspective and be able to work all of my emotions into what I get to do. And working with incredible people like you is yeah, definitely a huge bonus.
0: Yeah, it's so nice. And it's such a nice channel of your energy. And I don't know about you, but I think I had that really pent up for a long time until I found how to channel it properly. And the energy that was inside was like, I don't know what to do with this. And I, like we were talking in our episode um, that we just launched today that, um, you know, we just didn't know what to do with that. And you're so pent up and angsty. And then now you have a flow for it. So it's like, and you miss it. If you disconnect from that for a bit, and you don't have that channel. It's like, it builds up and you're like, I really miss it. And absolutely. Yeah. It's such a good channel for those feelings. And then the connection with everybody, I just, it's one of my favorite things ever. Me too. I love. All right, miss, let's get into these questions because I'm dying to know, um, like I've said in my last episode, I have definitely gotten close to playing with depression, um, but I'm too high functioning to even stop for 35 seconds. Um, Yeah, that people with depression (laughs) don't do that too. Uh, But uh, have have you ever been diagnosed with depression?
5: Um, So yeah, yes, I was um, about six years ago.
0: That's very fair. Um, and can you elaborate on what type, um, of, sorry, I'm totally bad at this. This is why I should, <laughs> I should be interviewing this. Uh, what form of depression were you diagnosed with?
5: So I was actually diagnosed with postpartum depression. Um, my daughter was a year old at the time when I was diagnosed. Um, and then I also had like seasonal depression that was diagnosed around the same time frame. Yeah. um, yeah, it was, it was a weird time.
0: (laughs) And would you say just because obviously, um, we all know that I, I can't relate to the postpartum. Would you say that you're diagnosed a year after? Do you feel like that was an immediate thing and you're just not diagnosed with it until a year (laughs) later?
5: So for me, I have a bit of a weird story for me. Um, I went undiagnosed for a year. So my theory uh, was that I actually had it after I had my daughter, um, and it just went undiagnosed for that long. Um, I had issues with my thyroid that show up as similar symptoms as depression. Mm -hmm. So um, my doctor medicated me for my thyroid, thinking it would solve all my problems, and it didn't. And then he's like, Oh, well, what else is wrong? So yeah,
0: like my heart hurts. (laughs) Like it's not just my thyroid and that's like, and that's why we keep telling people like no matter what you got to keep fighting for answers. Like if something you're taking or doing doesn't feel right, that's fine. That's okay. And I think for me, you know, it was like, and I'm not saying that I would do anything different now, but when I was on my medication, it was kind of like that one didn't work. It didn't make me feel good. I didn't like anything. And I just kind of, I abandoned the whole idea, but it's like, sometimes it really does take different, um, so just because something is prescribed for depression or anxiety doesn't mean that it's right for yours or for you. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's super important. So it's like, it's, I think it's good to have that community be like, yeah, this isn't working out, but then how do you know? Right. How do you know if that's, you're just hopeful and you're like, Oh, it's me. I don't know if you do that, but like, Oh, it's not the medication. Oh yeah. I right? thought I was losing my mind. Absolutely. And I, and every single one of you that have talked and same with anxiety too. the episode, You know, when you weren't able to identify what it was, you literally feel trapped in your head and have no idea. And that's why we're pushing for people to communicate because it's like guaranteed someone understands you to a degree, maybe not fully. Right. Yeah. But to a degree to at least have some relief that maybe there's a way or what did you do to, you know, that's why I wanted this podcast to say, like, what are the ways that you succeed and how do you work with it? Because with all everyone's answers, like people are bound to find something that works for them. Right, and I totally that's the thing that I love the most about it um how how did this so would you say that you currently are going through this or was just a um, postpartum depression and now obviously living in the great North you go through seasonal still no matter what um, is that kind of specific where it is now
5: um so I when they officially diagnosed me six years ago, they medicated me. Um, And like the telltale signs for me were like my personal hygiene. I went really long times without showering. I didn't want to move off the couch, stuff like that. Um, And then like like, today, I find myself doing a lot better. I still have my triggers, of course, that kind of put me back down like a weird thought process. Mm -hmm. But I like find a way to shake it off and be like, that's not me anymore.
0: (laughs) And you will literally shake it off with your kids. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that. It's my favorite. Like, and it's just such a, I think you'll agree that it's such an empowering thing. Once you start to recognize it and you start calling it out and you start finding ways to reverse those thought patterns. And then you're like, wow, instead of, you know, three days, it was two days. And then this one was one day or this was like, oh, that thought would have bothered me so much five years ago. But now I've really let that go. And it's, I think totally. if we focus on those more and, and those wins, just like with your fitness goals, if you, you focus on all the little wins, that's not just to do with the scale or with measurements to be like, oh, I, you know, hit a thousand steps well a thousand steps is fuck all but you know what I'm saying (laughs) I think when I was in the office I don't think I even got that much now I'm hitting like 12,000 a day it's a wildlife, right (laughs) um right but it's just like yeah finding all different ways to help towards those goals and I love it um I'm really glad to hear and I can see that it like when we first met I think is when you were probably just diagnosed then Yeah, I think so. Or, well, like close to it at least. And then just like even to watch you soar, but you were always, you know, maybe you felt like you were a mess, but like you were always so strong to me. So that was never so Yeah, I never (laughs) thought, you know, like I knew you were like, you were an empath and you felt stuff on a deep level and you were, you know, more emotionally intelligent. And, but I never, ever, you know, you never, it was never like a negative. I never, and when you were negative about yourself, I'm like, uh uh. And then you flip yeah. that around so fast in your life. Like, it's so great. <laughs> Thanks. Um, So how would you say now that you've gone through all the things, you're starting to identify day-to-day – did I already ask you this? Does it affect your day-to-day life anymore? Um, Too much? So – how would it?
5: Um. So I'll give you, like, a little bit of a... – an idea of how like I was back then. Um, I like my ex and me never had a super great relationship. And I remember one of the really big things that he used to say to me when I thought that something was wrong. Like I, before I was fully diagnosed, I would be like, something's off. Something's really wrong. I don't feel connected to my child and I should be, am I even supposed to be a mom? I like, I had these weird thoughts of like nothing that would be self harming, but I would be like, if I was to drive away in my car right now and never come back, would that be better for her? Yep. And like, just like messed up thoughts like that that I knew weren't normal. I'm like, I'm supposed to be bonding with this baby, and right now I'm like, I don't even want to touch her. I'm like, that's scary. I'm not supposed to be like this. Am I even supposed to be mom? Yep. And uh, I remember having this conversation with my ex, being like, "Dude, like, I I can't function," and he's like, "Well, maybe if you got up off your ass and did something, you'd feel better." Eek. And I was like uh so at the same time the doctors were kind of playing with my thyroid medication to try to get it to the right levels and I'm like okay whatever like I I need to go talk to the doctor so I had asked my ex at the well, my boyfriend at the time like will you come to the doctors with me because I don't want to do this alone and I don't want to sit in there and tell him that I feel crazy I don't want them to take our daughter away from me and I remember that being like the scariest part like the doctor's going to think I'm unstable and not be able to take care of my own child. I don't want to lose her.
0: And I think, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I think that's yeah. why so many moms don't, are so afraid to come forward if they've never heard that it's more normal about postpartum. Because if you don't know that that's, that's something that can trigger after you've had a baby chemically in your brain, no wonder why yeah. you guys would think that, you know, like it's literally right. the devil in your brain playing fire. And you're too afraid, because you don't want to lose your baby. But at the same time, you're like, well, why am I feeling this way? Like, you know, and that's, that's, I just, I really just want, even though I'm not the experience, I just want to say I've heard women say that a lot. And I just want to value validate that for you that, you know, that's, it's, I'm glad you're speaking on this today. So other women don't have to feel that. And I'm sorry that you had to. Yeah, it,
5: uh, it was rough being in it and not having that support system. Like my, my family is way back in Newfoundland and I'm in Alberta here. So it was very, very hard because I felt like I was on my own, right? Especially right. when you don't have a supportive partner. Yeah. And as soon as I even suggested him going with me, he was like, No, this is your problem. You go by your own, like go by yourself. Yep. Yeah. So I booked an appointment to go check on my levels. And I remember driving and having to pull over. And I only live like 20 minutes away from the doctor. I had to pull over because I was so tired that I almost fell asleep at the wheel. And I remember getting into my appointment and my doctor being like, Oh, Holly, your thyroid levels are looking awesome. And I I broke down and cried. I was like, but something's wrong. Yeah. yeah. I need you to fix me. Yeah. That might be fine on my blood work, but I am not okay what do we do from here, so um they put me on medication for about six months, mm-hmm. um, and I came off them. It was really rough coming off of them. I'm not good on any medication. I have a very addictive personality me and you so both system- i <laughs> I'm not good on meds. Um, They made me zombie out um, is what I always called it anyway. I yep. couldn't function very well. So I came off of those and kind of um, went into like a more of a creative way of an outlet, which hence my modeling and stuff like that. So that was my outlet for all of that. Um, and I was kind of forced into single mom life, which was actually for the better. Totally. Um, looking back now, at the time it sucked, but it really tested my abilities and my strength to continue being me and step more into who I am yeah. versus living under a rock and playing it small. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, sorry. Fast forward, um, no. and then I started with my now one year old. Um, I had talked to my family or my baby doctor and was like, "Hey, heads up! Last time around." <laughs> I was diagnosed for a year. Yeah. <laughs> she's like what the fuck she was pissed she's like yeah no we will not let that happen oh. um so if you have any signs or symptoms that you had from last time book me like book an appointment with me come see me I didn't even care if you're even pregnant at the time whatever come see me we'll figure it out so I remember going to uh, my youngest daughter's um immunizations and they have like um a form to fill out that's not mandatory by the way but it's like if you feel like filling it out fill it out I'm like okay so I was like teeter-tottering on like um I guess it's like the grace I was in like the gray zone like not full danger to myself or anybody else but not fully okay um <laughs> and the nurse was like oh and I was like what does that mean she's like oh I'm gonna get a nurse to call you and just to kind of chat about this I was like what does that mean and she's like oh a nurse will call you and I'm like, okay, cool. And uh, I got a call about a couple, like, I think it was like a week later. She's like, okay, I just want to talk about some stuff here um, on your evaluation. Um, there's some concerning things. And then she went down like the whole like scale of, you know, a million and 10 questions. And she's like, how's your personal hygiene? I was like, shit, you know what? I don't even know if I brushed my teeth today. Fair. And she was, it was like one of those things of like, oh shit, here we go again. And I had tried to mentally prepare myself for this time around, because I guess statistically, the more you more kids you have, the more likelihood of you getting it again. So I was here trying to test my brain of like decluttering my house and nesting and like anything that would, you know, be easier for me mentally. I did all those things. Right. So. Clearly that doesn't work, so. <laughs> Fuck.
0: <laughs> but I, I mean, like, you. know better. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's so hard. I mean, I'm not saying I have any idea when you have a kid, but I can imagine at that moment, your life is a bubble around the baby and all of those things. Yeah. And you were the last person you're thinking about, and even though subconsciously you told yourself to prepare for it, like you can't always prepare for a chemical imbalance that happens right and so totally even though and but you probably carried guilt at that time but i mean i just i just i can't wait for society to like teach people not to have guilt for having fucking emotions or feelings or that's how their brain literally functions like it's not anybody's fault right (laughs) yeah i think that
5: the biggest part of doing it all over again was my spouse was so supportive over everything. He helped out with everything. Yeah. Um, I went to counseling, um, just to kind of get all of my big feelings out.
3: Yeah.
5: Um, and then I actually had a career change, uh, which is huge. Cause I actually stepped into being my own boss and that was a huge, huge difference for me.
3: Yeah. Um, cool. cause I did
5: not like the job I was working. Um, and like, there's all these little small moving parts that really, really play big roles in my, like where I am now
0: <laughs> yeah, and your success for sure. So then, um, obviously you had the medication for a certain time and now you, uh, find more creative channels and you're, I know you're definitely into your meditating and you know, you dance with the girls and you try to move as much as you can. Is there anything else that you naturally do to help? Uh, so you don't fall into any depressive states.
5: So I actually medicate with C B D oil on a daily. Um I take them in little gummies. Um love them actually. I find a huge difference. Um I found after I had both of my girls, um, my anxiety levels are also kinda wonky too. So I find that the C B D oil helps mellow me out in general.
0: Totally.
5: Um yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with that.
0: <laughs> we love, we love, yeah, we love the C B D gummies <laughs> and um, we're all for it. And I definitely want to one day I have a whole month dedicated to that plant because um, not just from like working in the store and like the industry, just from people I know and through the podcast, it's like every single person we've talked about anxiety and depression, they have mentioned CBD or THC, not THC for the most part, but um, yeah. just our true stoners are into that, but uh, the CBD for sure. And I just, I absolutely love to hear it because the stigma is going to eventually turn around one day and I'm just here for it. And I'm actually um, definitely, Re- researching more about psilocybin especially the micro dosing uh, of mushrooms Ooh. for it's been known to do really good for anxiety and depression and they're actually uh, making them legal in a lot of the american states and i'm sure will not be far along so that will be exciting to see because it would just be really really great to see people heal from all these things with the most natural thing as possible you know i'm not against medication yeah i've said that multiple times however for me i'm trying to see i did a lot of drugs I did a lot of yep. pharmaceuticals in my time um, and I want my body to be uh, fresh for a couple of years for when my, I'm an older age and I'm going to have to rely on more of pharmaceuticals. Uh, not necessarily saying for sure, but more likely that's just a personal choice. So yeah, I love yep. hearing all these natural mm, solutions that people are using. I fucking love it. Um, how old were you when you had Zadie then, or like when you were diagnosed with it, what was your age?
5: Oh that's a great question. I have to do some math in my head.
0: <laughs> How old am
5: I? <laughs> um wait, hang on. Roughly. Twenty five. Yeah, twenty-five, yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. And I think like when the second time around, um when I uh, when I was put on the meds, I think the scariest part for me, and I knew that the meds were not for me, because um, I would do some weird stuff that didn't make any sense. Yep. Um, like there was one day I was trying to load the laundry while holding baby in my arms, and I like tip her up with it, and she fell and actually hit the floor. I'm really really. Yeah, I'm I, I dropped my baby. That's... And it was like the scariest, most guilt trip. Like, oh, my gosh, it was the worst. I had to call a friend to bring me to the hospital. And she was totally okay. Oh, yeah, of course, She was totally fine. And the nurses were like, Oh, girl, like, you should see the c- people that come in here, like, you're totally fine. And I was like, why is there, Like, why does nobody talk about this? Because I can't be the only one who dropped my kid on her head. No, like, I'm there's no sure. way.
0: I'm pretty sure I fell off a washing machine, if I remember correctly right um but, I mean, but like- that's just a generate not generation now but that's just almost where the world has gone and i think because everyone's on a necessarily a microscope when it comes to social media it's a lot easier like if if you if we didn't have not that i mean now you're saying it out loud but sometimes if yeah. it didn't exist on social media like we would have no idea like think about i was thinking about this the other day when i first started photography um i barely had i had no instagram page like instagram was not big then um Facebook was barely big it was like you took the pictures and you gave them to the client and that was the exchange right there was no yeah so it's like I think that's the difference is that there wasn't always everything on social media in real life and for a lot of times it's just all the glossy shit and that's why we're all here being like no mm-hmm. there's some turds yeah. in here too <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of turds, but uh. there's also days that are just like like today it's a third Monday I love my job I love my life I'm happy but it was just like chaotic, and we've had like I love it, but you know honestly, the the interviews is, is a lot of work, and the podcast is a lot of work. As much as it's great, but I was just like, you yeah, know, I love today, I love launching, I love everything, but I'm just tired today. <laughs> it's that yeah. Monday number three, right? I can't get uh, my head in the game. <laughs> Uh, so we did kind of answer the next question saying that you know uh, where are you in your life now with your depression is something of the past so you said obviously you still have your moments and you're using all your tools um is there anything now about your depression do you find it like me and Kayla are starting to learn in our later years that we're getting super intrigued about them and we're finding almost like a fascination on like kind of a nerd level do you feel, do you feel you're in that state with your kind of like depression now? That's kind of more like, Hmm. Well,
5: thing? when I, well, when I like sit and think back and I'm like, dude, your depression, a lot of it was situational. Mm-hmm. Um, Like I feel as soon as I was able to embrace who I was unapologetically, it was like a total like switch had flipped. It was it was kind of weird actually when you think like when I thought about it, but I had some really huge moments between uh, me and my ex breaking up and to me being where I am that I don't think I gave myself enough credit for. So I think it's celebrating um, the journey along the way and absolutely I totally nerd out about it and I am okay so I've always been a big nerd Mm -hmm. but I found in my past relationships I've never embraced that side of me like comic book nerd like straight up Harry Potter all the things love it all the things but never ever never ever like embraced it fully because I was you know I, I always was playing it small and I give my my partner, Sean, a huge shout out because he has like embraced me full on nerd life, all the things. And I think it makes, yeah. just
0: It's so great. And it's like, it's then it's just like, you can conquer so much more of your goals and your things in life instead of continually worrying that the people in your corner, whether that's your family, your spouse, your um, friends are cheering you on or working against you. Like nothing is more exhausting than worrying about people like not being there for you and it's just so nice when you just know that you're safe to just jump and, and they'll be along the ride with you and and you just know that when you meet your person like you know it's shit's gonna be hard like I know a lot yeah of people like you know always like oh you and grant and they're like yeah we're awesome but don't like we don't ever play that we're like we've had our shit too but we're always there for each other and we're respect each other totally. and we're loyal and I think that's you know things that kind of get lost in today's fast quick life and it's like you just have to be honest and communicate. And I think like we're saying in Courtney's like, um, and, and Kayla's too, if you're, and I'm sure you feel the same way. If you didn't communicate this with Sean too, and he wasn't open to receiving it or listening, because you did communicate obviously before, and now Sean's there to receive it. And you just, you feel like in such a great place. And it's such a wonderful, it is a wonderful, empowering feeling to not feel so trapped and alone in this hole. It's like, okay, when I'm low, I know the go-to people to go to. And, and that's right in my household. Yeah. I love totally. That. And eventually your daughters will be there for you. And then you'll be equipped so that if Zadie uh, or rain start, start doing that, you'll already know to identify that. Cause you've been through yeah. a lot of this stuff. Yeah, totally. And that to me, it's like generational growth. And I think that's what, well, I am not know. Obviously I teach, obviously the cat's great life morals, um, <laughs> but I just love watching all my mom friends, like just instill all this knowledge in their little so that they're set up so much more successfully and that's not it that's not a shame to any parent before us we're all learning this shit but now we know totally now we know and you're doing that yeah. by teaching your kids and then also teaching sean like maybe he would never know that And now i'm sure <clears throat> if he never suffered for it he's more of a compassionate person for those that do have to suffer from mental illness and it's just a beautiful growth Yay! So what would you say was your best accomplishments um, once you understood what was happening and how you felt like once you were like, Hey, this is what it is. What did you win after? Uh,
5: So I think um, like the, the biggest thought that stuck with me was um, that I had like this stupid nagging um, voice in the back of my head saying, you're not supposed to be a mom, Holly. Like you aren't connecting with your child at all. Like all of those really crappy mix match, big emotions that I was feeling in my head. Um, but I think actually being able to, um, build up the support system and talk about it freely without judgment. I think therapy was a huge, huge thing. Um, and that was like one of my biggest, my biggest takeaways I think was actually just being able to ask for help, um, and asking the really, really uncomfortable questions like, yeah, when my doctor said my thyroid levels are cool, awesome. And I could have just been like, okay, cool. Just go away and just, you know, stay with that and just suffer in whatever madness is going on in my head anyway. But instead I asked like the really uncomfortable questions. Okay. Like what does that have, what happens next? Like where do we go from here? And I know that might not actually sound like a huge accomplishment, but for me asking for help, me asking for help in general is huge because I have the toxic independence part of me too from being a single mom for so long that um asking for help was definitely huge yeah huge huge part it is.
0: and I think that's and that's what I was saying in past episodes like when did that become a bad thing when right? did we feel like I don't know <laughs> like sometimes I wonder that these like positive like heroes that we looked up to sometimes I think they're really great but I think sometimes especially then when there's more of a conversation now is like, you look at wonder woman and like, or whatever, for an example. And it's just like all women expect to be her, but it's like, okay, not everyone has super, like, yes, we have superpowers, but like, you know, it's just like, I think that in that way, Yeah, I, th- I think we just uh, have this, like, I think that bred in a young age that we just, you know, we aspired to be these women so much is that, you know, when we didn't physically, and we are in our own ways, but when we physically didn't grow a cape and fly around the fucking world, we're like, Oh, okay. I'm not good enough. I can't ask for help. I need to work harder to be better, to be that Pinterest mom, to be whatever. And I'm not shaming Pinterest moms. It's fucking awesome. If you can find all that, I, I probably will be if I am one day too, but, um, <laughs> it, the point is that you don't have to be, and that doesn't make you any of a less of a mom. Like everyone, love your fucking kids. You are just a shit parent, a shitbird. This is our new saying: you're shitbird if you just don't love your kids. That, yeah. and I think we can all test that as adults. If you look back, you know what? I'm sure I, my parents made mistakes, tons. I'm just, just kidding. Not Tansley mom. Sorry. But you know what I mean? Like there, there were <laughs> mistakes, but at the end of the day, when I think back and like, they were just learning. And once they did the bet, like when they could do better, they did do better. And instead of holding that against them, I think it's just important to know that like, we're all evolving and growing. It's not totally fault. Like our parents weren't given the tools, So how are they supposed to know they're learning how to get the tools the same way. And just as you, you were learning to get the tools because your parents probably don't suffer from that. So you were getting the tools from that as you were learning yourself.
5: Right. Like
0: you're trying to learn about it and trying to use them at the same time.
5: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like a, like a juggling act. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and too, I think um for you, and I can um attest this because I've watched your, you know, career from going into like, you know, trying to find your space and like the office setting and administration and like you know maybe it's the company okay I'll try this one I'll give it another shot or like "Mm, maybe it's corporate and then the day you just decided like fuck it I'm leaning in and I am doing what I love more and more I think that was too a huge like you could just see the weight lifted on you just like you know you just knew that you were going to be stepping in even though it was uncomfortable and it was scary you were stepping into the next phase of your life and I think that was a big level glow up for you hey it was nice to see Yay.
5: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'm having way too much fun. Like it doesn't feel like work. And that is what I love about when I like actually let go of what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And I'm like air quoting over here. (laughs) But um, because I always chase the I chase the money, right? But I was never doing anything that I wanted to do. And as soon as I stepped into being like, hey, what if I did this? might as well try it if I could always have a backup plan if I need to or whatever. And it just fit. It fit everything. I didn't even advertise that much. I just like got busy one morning and
0: I was like, Oh, I have a full schedule. When did this even happen? Yeah. And everything that you thought you probably couldn't get and what was holding you back this whole time. I'm not going to go full time. I won't get a free schedule, but the minute you're like, fuck it, I'm not chasing it for that. I just want to be happy. And then I was like, here's all your clients you're right like, uh-huh of course of course it was that simple <laughs> like I just overthought it, was... it and you know talked myself out of it a million times yeah, right but, yeah <laughs> when you have like issues and I think anybody that's uh, struggles like you can be confident but still like feel insecure and I think when, when you totally. have your mental illnesses they they tell you you're fucking dumb and wrong and you can't and you know, they're, are the doubts and the fears that fester and have a voice. Like some people's fears don't have a loud voice. Some of ours are fucking loud AF. And when you have mental illnesses, those patterns are a lot stronger and they're harder to fight. And totally. yeah, I just, oh, I just love all of it. I'm just, I don't love to learn, obviously that people go through struggles, But I love, it's just everyone that I talked to lately about this, it just has such a good comeback story of being like, I'm not going to let it cripple me anymore. It did at one time, but I'm not. And you could just tell that you guys are at the next level because speaking it out loud publicly, is just acknowledging it further and that it's okay. And it's just, it's almost like it, I don't know, for me, it was just like a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's off. I've laid it all out there. So right. Absolutely. It's there. Do what you want with it. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, was right. there anything that we missed um, that you would want to share about your journey with depression or new moms that are out there? Any words of wisdom from uh, Miss Holly G? Before we end our beautiful, I sounds. not want to say beautiful because we talk about hard topics, but I hope we're talking about them in a way that everyone feels more safe and related and not so like dark and heavy. We're not discrediting that there's no dark and heavy, but we want to just bring the light to some of these dark things so that if you are dark, you can feel the light. So let's hear, let's hear what Holly G has to say.
5: So one part that I want to put in there, um, even though me and my ex at the time, we weren't super great. We have a super awesome relationship right now. Um, his me and his wife actually talk all the time and we are like a really cool blended family they have another little one and we are like a big happy blended family which sounds bizarre when i put it out loud knowing our history but it's really freaking cool to be able to come together for birthdays um celebrations and easter and stuff like that to be able to just celebrate our little one um and be able to do that together and make really cool parenting calls together after our history of, you know, maybe not so supportive of me. Oh, yes,
3: sure.
5: um, and I think another thing too, my brain actually blocked out the first year of Zadie's mm-hmm. life. Um, so I, I can't go back there. I can't physically remember anything. My My mind was on such a fight or flight situation that the trauma of it just was mentally blocked out. Uh, I get curious of wanting to go back there, but I won't. Um, obviously my brain did it yeah. for a reason. Um, but uh, just know like for any more mom or any new moms, just know you're not alone. That was the biggest thing. Knowing that these feelings are normal. Nobody knows what they're actually yeah. doing. Um, it doesn't like everybody's like, oh, it comes naturally. No, it doesn't. Your body just had a traumatic birth, even though it might, come naturally to your body your brain still has to kind of make sense of Absolutely. it all too so just know you're not alone and the fact that your journey is yours you know it's it's nobody else's. Like, people are going to give unsolicited advice for literally everything you do block that shit out and find your own way through it um and yeah ask the hard questions to your doctor if something doesn't feel right you know your body if he says something's everything looks good Keep asking, get second opinions. You know, you know your body, and yeah, just, yeah, just do it. Just do it. and the don't think.
0: And, and I think that's what your point was. Is like, you know, don't sit there. Like, not that you had any idea, because you were on. You're not essentially on your own. New baby, uh, so far away. It's Grand Prairie. It's hard. It was a weird time in the like ever, and you know it yeah I think that's new moms are just thinking you're a bad mom you're not a fucking bad mom you're still a goddamn human being you're still gonna have feelings and you know how many moms tell me I didn't like my baby for the first year I didn't like my baby until they were born I didn't feel love until the first couple years still had a personality and every single one is like wow I feel like shit for saying that you're like do you guys realize that you all just say the same thing so obviously and you're all amazing parents like yeah obviously if you're gonna go out and party and leave your child with a crackhead. That's not great. Please don't do that. But, you know, like <laughs> I, I, it happens so more and yeah. so much more than we Im- imagine. And although I can't share my experiences, obviously, on this, because cat moms, like we live different lives, um, you guys don't understand litter problems. Okay. So just kidding. <laughs> um, but <laughs> just saying, um, I think it just, I want to develop a platform for people to experience sorry, share their experiences and everything because most of the time someone else is experiencing and they feel super alone. And I, I'm only one human. I can only have so many experiences to talk about. So it just really, really warms my heart. And I love so much that we've just started this podcast in three weeks and we have amazing people like you coming on because you don't want, if you can at least help one person or one mom go, holy shit, that's like if that's what happens and I can talk to the doctor and they're not going to think they're not going to take my baby away. And I, and I can have some relief from this. Like that's fucking incredible. So I'm say yeah.
5: And also, also there's a lot of moms yes. out there who drop their babies. So don't feel bad about yes. dropping your baby on their head okay. and then be okay. Well, because it's like, it's like Fight club. We need to talk yes, about it a little exactly. bit more though.
0: Absolutely. And <laughs> like, and have the, Have the the decency to know that maybe just because you haven't dropped your baby doesn't mean you haven't done something equally like, let's say, for lack of a better word, absent minded because your brain is so caught up in trying to just fucking learn how to find its patterns without it going through all these like depression and anxiety and all that. And da 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 da. Like, you know, I've done some things where I've been so absent minded. I'm like, what the fuck? Where was your brain? And I'm like, well, don't become a mom because you're going to kill your baby, you know? So it's like, it's, it's very real that your brain can just take over. I've And people can say this, have you not driven from A to B and got to B and was like, huh? How'd I get here? Right? Yeah, it's a autopilot, right? So like, for me, it's easy to do that, especially with my PTSD from driving. It's like, I'm better now, obviously, but my brain would just kind of go on autopilot. And I was there and I was present. I was driving great. But like, my brain was super distracted with a YouTube or something so that I didn't sit there and and, and panic the whole time. and like, did I just really drive thirty minutes yeah, to work? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't want people to think I'm not paying attention, but you yep. know, just keeping that overactive part of your brain busy so that you just do your damn thing. And sometimes totally. it gets in the way; you can't do your damn thing. And sometimes that's a car in your hand, a baby, uh I don't know, food. Never, no, you never drop food. Um, but you know, oh well if you're taller that's a whole other attack and i think that's on purpose and i don't like children because of that i'm just kidding specifically why i won't have kids Grant eats snacks. i don't need a little mini me and him eating them too okay you guys like benji already bitches at me all day about food intake i can't i can't i can't that's fair um, and what else did i want to say about about your journey um and i, I totally agree with um Pushing with the doctors. I, I wanted to say this too. Um, not from my knowledge, not scientifically, but you hear from a lot of people that they're trying things and it's not working. Generally, if it's not working, your body is still sending those signals. They're still reacting the way it is. Like you said, ask because a lot of things could look the same and science changes every fucking day, right? They learn stuff. And like, right? And like,
5: even if that's not like a family doctor, maybe you want to look at other options, Mm -hmm. like naturopath or um, holistic approach. Absolutely. Ask those questions. Because it could just be something as easy as Oh, you're not getting enough iron in your system. You know what I mean? And that makes a huge difference. Or or get, you know, get some nutrients in your body. Because for me, I wasn't eating days on end.
0: So yeah, no shit. I was exhausted. And now look at you now. Now, And and, and I know know, Sean has a big part to do with that. Because I know he loves I'm pretty sure he loves cooking. If I if I'm correct. Yes. And too, I love yes. seeing it. And because yes. also, also yeah. the way you're trying to live a lot of your life, like clean and local and all that, you know, how much better do you feel incorporating all those good foods into your life now? I'm sure that made a huge difference on your mental health too.
5: Oh, absolutely. Knowing that what I'm putting in my body is actually going to fuel me. Don't get me wrong, I'll still yes. sit down and have no willpower when it comes to Oreos. I'll Girl, still eat
0: like two rows. I balance. can't just have two. you need the balance. But, like, but you need the calories. You can diet. eat all the good food and still have the bad because the more good food you eat, it's less calories and you're actually using it for proper fuel. The bad foods, the the least you eat and the more bad foods you eat, the more it's going to store. So you can eat all the good foods because it's going to be used as fuel. But the bad foods sit there and they like, rot. So you just have to have like, we always say like, you know, I mean, 70, 30, some days I'm 50, 50. Sometimes I'm 100% bad food and I eat fast food or takeout for the whole entire day for sure. But optimally, I'm not operating. I'm not operating optimally. Right. <gasps>
5: Oh, I I heard this theory the other day too that I really like. If you are craving chocolate, it usually means that your energy is out of balance. So if you're ever like overwhelmed, you know how people stress eat chocolate? Like I I stress eat chocolate when I'm PMSing. I crave it. It's because your energy and your system is out of balance and chocolate's very grounding. That's so
0: fair. And I fit, especially when you're PMSing and then you're bleeding, you're low iron, you know, low blood. Everything is low and you're just like, take me up and make me high sugar. So I say to my right? joint every Straight single up. time I go to light that. it, just kidding. <laughs> uh, it was so good catching up with you today. Huh? I'm, I I know we're so busy um, that I hate to say, uh, say we should do this more, but the fact that we always like have that connection and the, that is the beauty of social media is being a part of you and the girls in Sean's life, um, you know, all the way down in BC here. Um, but I'm just so, you know, there's some people that really, I know you had your hard times of 2020, but. I think out of a lot of people, you came out on top of that fucking year because you did a lot of what you wanted for you and you took control. Even if they made the restrictions harder on you, you still bounced back and mentally, um, whether you did or not, you definitely shown that. And so I just really want to commend you for how, uh, because yeah, like I said, a lot of people went down and you went up, you got educated on things, you grew. And yeah, I just want to say I really respected that. Um, and I'm really proud to watch you grow more this year with, uh, your salon, salon being open full time.
5: <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much. It's been quite a ride. Um, and I, oh gosh, I appreciate the hell out of you. Thank you so much for just you. being thank you, you and loving and you. Love me love as it. and it's so
0: exciting to watch <laughs> us grow and I'm excited um holly's going to be joining us again for our next episode so i guess we'll sign off on this show while i have you here uh so you guys that was a wrap up of our depression guest episode i hope you guys enjoyed the amazing three ladies that jumped on and shared their most deepest darkest journeys and their lightest part of their journeys on depression and the next month guys we're flipping over to april so it's time to talk about women's health i'm sorry boys but it's 91% women in our little community here. So we're gonna dump dump in, jump in to things like birth control, pregnancy, miscarriage, abortion, labor, all the things. So we can start talking about even more topics so we learn about each other. So once again, thank you again so much, Holly, for coming. And I'm so excited to have you back. And you guys, thanks for showing up again, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you guys so much for stopping by today we appreciate you so so much if you like this episode and you want to hear more or be updated with episode drops please make sure to send us some love on our instagram page the be real babe podcast give us a follow and stay tuned for more realness coming to you next week until next time babes